Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode five of the Camino Voice. On this episode, I speak to the manager of the Snow Isle Regional Library System here on Camino Island, Leslie Moore. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview folks around Camino Island and beyond. If you want to stay up to date on events, businesses, and even hear a little history of this area, subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends. Thanks for listening. Hey, Islanders, it's Brandon with the Camino Voice, and today I'm interviewing um, a graduate from the UW, which I'll try not to hold against her, um, a local, the man, local manager of the Snow Isle Regional Library System here on Camino, uh, Leslie Moore. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah. So um, to start off with, tell us a little bit about uh, Leslie Moore. Um, sure. Well, I moved up to Washington State about 30 years ago to attend Western Washington University. And then I um, lived in Seattle and Vashon Island. And my father was originally from Skagit Valley. And I moved up here about, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago and have been uh, in Skagit Valley in this area ever since. Okay. Very cool. I didn't know all that. So, um, Very good. So... Um, so you currently work um, for the Snow Isle Regional Library, um, but where, and I was kind of looking, doing some research and, and finding out your history, you've been like interested in libraries and stuff. It looks like your whole career, like your schooling, um, at the very beginning though, you started in chemistry. That, that is correct. I had a very inspiring high school chemistry teacher, and so I got my undergraduate degree in Western at chemistry, and I moved to New York City and worked for Cornell U University Medical College um, in uh, Upper wow. East Side of Manhattan. Uh, and I did that for almost two years, but discovered that um, I was really a people person, and I worked in a laboratory by myself all day long, and... Um, I realized that that wasn't the right fit for me. So uh, okay. it was it, it was a, a great degree to get, though. I, I really appreciated um, my, that understanding of hard science. Yeah, yeah. Chemistry was always a confusing subject for me, um, but it was a neat neat thing to do the labs because it was you would put these things, you know, you'd follow the steps, and then you're like, oh, the beaker's getting warm. And it looked like I just put two waters together, you know, and it's it's fascinating the the science behind it, but it was oh, it gets really complex. <laughs> it can't. Yes, it certainly can. So okay, so you were doing chemistry in New York, mm -hmm. um, and then when did you were you in that career field and then decide to switch, or how did you end up back in Washington? Well, I ended up I moved back to Seattle to the city, and I started working at a small private school doing playground duty just to kind of get my feet on the ground. Berchi School in Seattle and ended up working in the office, and then they needed someone in the school library a couple days a week. And I started working in the school library, and I thought, why aren't I doing this full time? And at that point, I applied to the University of Washington to get uh, my master's degree in library science. Okay. So then you, um, you started that. Um, how was... How did that translate? Like, you, <laughs> like, when you were going in to start that, were they the board and stuff when you were uh, trying to get, uh, what is it, apply in and mm -hmm. everything. 
How did they see your your bachelor's? Well, I think they probably uh, made an assumption that I was going to be a special librarian and work in the science field or a medical librarian. Uh, but my my interest was youth services, children's services. So, um, and and it's, it's been amazing how much my degree has been. You know, I've used it in in librarianship as well. My undergraduate degree. So All right. How care, how care. have you used it? Oh, just um, helping people with fi- find the resources that they need for science materials or projects, things like that. And of course, we do a lot of STEM programming in our libraries, and um, that just having that science background has uh, given me a strong interest in that area. Really? Okay, that's that's really cool. Um, so you you went to school, you start your master's. How long did it take you to get through your your kind of your master's? program? Uh, it took me two years. All right. Two years. And then, so you get out of that. What happens next? Uh, well, I was a student librarian for Seattle Public Library while I was going to school. And um, then I got offered the job when I graduated uh, officially on Vashon Island with King County Library System. So I, uh, you know, actually a lot of my career I've been in island libraries. So I was a children's librarian on Vashon Island for almost six years. Okay. So then what, how did, um, what was that like working over there, working with the kids program? Were you just like the... Uh, like kind of entry level starting out? Yes, uh, beginning. Uh, you know, I had had a couple years of part-time experience. So, but yeah, I was a new librarian there. And, and my big emphasis was children's programming and of course working on the reference desk. And that was all, and librarianship has really changed. That was all about the time that the internet um, came available to the public. And I remember one of my last... Um, classes at the University of Washington was to set up an email account, and very few people had email accounts. So, uh, of course, the internet really impacted librarianship. Right. So you've actually got to see, well, that's fascinating. So you've got to see, like, the evolution of the library from, like, really the old world version where it was just books and, you know, come in and see what you can find. To this whole new world of of what the library really is. Hey, I've worked with card catalogs before. (laughs) That's awesome. So, so was that when you were at Bashan Island then? Um, y- yes, we. Well, I remember we had text uh, screens with no images, and it was a it was a big deal when the internet finally got images on there. So, uh, yes, that was all kind of happening when I was there. All right. So you you went from there. Where did you go after that then? Um, I actually uh, got a job at the Arlington Library as a children's librarian, and that was 20 years ago. Um, this October, I'll be celebrating 20 years in the Snow Isle Library system. Very cool. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So you, you, that, that was the point, is that the point that you entered into the Snow Isle Regional Library yes, system? Okay. that is. That is. I went from King County to Snow Isle, and all of them are great library systems. All right. So then you did that, and then... Um, was that very similar to what you were doing in Bashan, or did you add have more responsibilities? It, it was very similar. Again, I uh, got, got my foot in the door as a children's librarian, but after two years, I started managing the branch, and that was a big change for me to go into management and supervision. So, yeah, how how what were kind of the biggest changes in that shift? Um, I would say. Um, scheduling and you know be you know working with the city on the facility things things like that versus 
uh, you know, going to things like Chamber of Commerce, where I often see you here at the Chamber of Commerce, um, a different kind of outreach than working with the s- schools and the children's programming. Mm-hmm. And do you, do you, did you enjoy that shift from doing management versus actually just working one-on-one with I I did. Yes, I did. It was a big learning curve for me. So yes, I did enjoy it. But I will tell you, I will always be a strong advocate for youth services. I have a special place in my heart for uh, youth services. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely important. And what the library has, I mean, in the past, it's kind of been a place that kids could go and, and, you know, especially for um, families that may not have access to all the resources that a library has, mm-hmm. um, it allows them to actually find a place that they can feel safe and explore whatever they want, kind of. And um, yeah, I think it's a very important piece in our, um, you know, our society for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Very cool. So you you were in Arlington, and then then where'd you go from there? Then? <laughs> well, I I've moved around a lot. Uh, then I managed Stanwood for a while, and then I went down to our service center, and I oversaw youth services for Snow Isle and Library on Wheels, which is the mobile services department, also. Okay, and that's with Snow Isle then, uh-huh. and where? How does that one work then? The Library on Wheels. Yeah. So that they cover. Uh, so Snow Isle, of course, is Snohomish and Island counties, with the exception of Everett. And so a Library on Wheels, we have a bookmobile, and they provide service to child cares with story times coming to child cares and bins of books for the kids. And then also they provide a homebound service to folks who are unable to leave their homes. And uh, they visit a lot of senior centers as well. So, yeah, right. so it covers all of Snohomish and Island County. Okay, very cool. So um, I'm just curious because you brought it up. Why, why is Everett excluded or, or not part they, of it? They have their own library system. There. I see. The city has its own library system. Okay. Yeah. Is that pretty common once they get to a certain size? Uh-huh. I did. Yes. It okay. is. Like Seattle uh, Public has their own library s- system and then King County surrounds them. So yes, it is. All right. What, uh, what years were you at the Stanwood branch? Oh, gracious sakes. So I was there... Um, <laughs> I was there until 10 years ago is when I left. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So, so that was 2009. Nine is when I left. Okay. And I was there for about two and a half, three years. So, really? yeah, 2006, 2007 is when I was there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were, when that, you guys were, when you were there, that's when, um, is that about the time that Camino Island was getting, like, had yes. the little mini one then? Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the pilot project here mm-hmm. at the corner. Yes. In fact, I was looking at old uh, photographs of the the opening of the pilot um, library and anyway and that I remember that night I was here it was fun yes. yeah well I was uh, I remember I would actually come here and teach uh, I like there's there's one homeschool kid that was from the area and he uh, his mom asked if I could uh, tutor him in math because I was an engineering major so she's like you must know math so I would meet him once a week down here, and we would tutor in there. So great. Um, that was that was fun. So yeah, and then I think I was gone when I was actually at Wazoo during the time when um, this got approved, and then got moved over to the new building that you guys are in now. Because um, when was that? Do you know when that was? Um, that was four years ago in August, I believe, is when we okay. moved into the new building. Yes. Okay, so maybe I was. Okay, I just wasn't around Camino then. 
<laughs> I always assume that like things happened just between when I was at college, but the truth is like I didn't live, um, it, like I didn't visit Camino that often between like 2009 through, I don't know, like even 2006 probably, or sorry, 16. Oh, wow. Because um, I, I mean, I would come and visit my parents every once in a while, okay. um, but I Besides that, we had a lot going on elsewhere. I had, you know, we had newborn twins and um, trying to find an engineering jobs, stuff like that. So I was, we were out and about, but not necessarily, we'd come to Camino for like family functions and stuff. Okay. But um, yeah. Um, so then w- during this time, so over that time, you've had the evolution of the internet. How did, how did, how did that slowly and then just kind of, how did that change affect the libraries and how did you see that implemented through the system? Um, well, a lot of what happened with uh, the internet, I think uh, librarians took on more of a role of helping people navigate information because as you know, there's a lot of stuff on the uh, internet that isn't valid resources and so um, so we we, and we still do play a role in helping people navigate the internet. And um, where things have changed, we used to have to have these huge volumes of encyclopedias. And, we had one of those in our house. Right, the guide to periodicals that would, you know, the, the reference area of libraries would have a huge footprint. And now, because so much is available through databases and online, um, there's real... Uh, even a small library like ours, we have access to so many fabulous resources because we can access it through the internet. So right. that's been a positive thing, very positive. Yeah, that's it. It has been interesting that um, how it's changed that perspective of kind of what libraries were. I think a lot of people, or or maybe it was just naivety, but like I've heard conversations of like they kind of thought the internet would wipe out libraries because then everything would be accessible, right? Um, but it seems like they've really, uh, at least from what I can tell, uh, I know with the, with the one here on Camino, and from what I can tell from other ones, they've really become a a gathering space or a community absolutely spot. Um, yes. Because in this in this digital age, information is um, like everyone can get access to, but community is now the thing that so many people are missing. They don't they don't regularly gather. You know, you don't see people at the library because you're there looking for a book you have to go there intentionally to meet and and have community. Well, we still have lots of folks there looking for books. I, okay, can, I, can, I guarantee that. Um, but it is absolutely a community gathering place. Uh, you know, also, our story times that help um, prepare children to get ready for school. And we have um, the adult programs that we have on uh, Camino are very well attended. This is a curious group of folks who live on this island. They they are often interested in um, environmental programs. We have a great attendance at those, and we've actually been partnering with WSU Extensions and offering a series of different uh, programs, and so lots of lifelong learners are using our library, and of course, Camino is such a small place. Friends run into each other there, and it is definitely a community gathering place. Yeah. So... Now, I know that, like, <clears throat> we've kind of gone through your journey now of how you've gotten to being a, being a librarian and stuff. Mm-hmm. At any point during your youth, was that something that you were even remotely considering? 
Um, it no, it really didn't happen. Uh, I I didn't figure it out until I was in my twenties, actually, that I wanted to become a librarian. And and actually, and it, it it happened when I was working in the library, and I realized just what an incredible place it is. And still today, I learn something new every day that I work. And and that's a great environment to work in. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's something that a lot of us strive towards, but not always accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Okay, so since you're a librarian, I have a couple of library or like book questions. Um, so being a librarian, do you, how many books a month do you read? Okay, well... I read probably one book a month, but I listen to probably four or five books a month. So um, I'm a big audio uh, book user, and part of the reason, it, you know, I commute a little bit here, and also I can do other things, garden, things like that. So um, that, that's that's how I read a lot of books yeah. is by listening. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I, I think audiobooks this has been probably my, the biggest discovery for me within the book, just in books in general, mm-hmm. because, um, as a kid, I, I had double vision, I needed glasses and we didn't realize it for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't read, um, you know, very well at all during my, um, fundamental years. And so, um, I never really learned to read quickly. Um, my comprehension scores were always really low. And so I never really read. I just avoided it. And so um, eventually I learned about audiobooks. And my wife actually was like, you should try and read some, you know, business books or, you know. And I was like, I don't, I can't. I'm so slow. Like a small business book took me like months to get through. And so then we discovered audiobooks. Uh, and so I started listening to them and I would do it on my commutes and, uh, it really opened my eyes. I was like, wow, like so much is put into books, like information and like, um, and now that I've gotten to read and listen to so many different books and different authors and all these viewpoints, um, there's one, I, I want to say it's, um, I want to say it's Seth Godin, who's a a famous marketer, but, uh, it, it might be someone else, but he said like, a book is never a bad deal. Like you pay, you know, fifteen twenty dollars to get someone's life's work or their pro, like their information, and you get to download that into your brain. Like it's like you pay. It's marginal. The cost of a book to what you get out of it. Um, and so I think that's been something. It's really neat that. Yeah. Well, and then if like, you use the library, you don't. You, you yeah. know, you're not paying for it either. Yeah. So, so now, do you download or do you check out the CDs for audiobooks? I usually download. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always forget to go to the library yeah. to actually. <laughs> so that's nice. You can do it from home. Yeah. 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 It's great. So yeah, it's been it's been good. good. I've enjoyed it. So, um, okay. And then <clears throat> everyone knows the saying: "Don't judge a book by its cover." Um, but there are so many books that are released and that are taken out. So what's, how do you kind of decide what books are worth your time and what ones aren't? Well, I think, uh, through a few things. Number one, I read review journals that review books as they're coming out. And so, um, that, that will spark my interest in titles. 
Also working at the library when people come in and they're excited over a book and they'll talk up a book, that will spark my interest as well. And then sometimes I do judge a book by its cover and it just looks interesting and I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, and that's part of the beauty of the library. You can check things out and you can try it. And if it's not the right book at the right time, uh, just return it. Yeah. No, I think it's, it's, yeah, I need to utilize it more often. I literally just get, I'll be looking on Amazon like, oh, should I get that book or not yet? And then, yeah, forget that we have a library next door. So I'll, I'll come over more often. <laughs> yes, please. Um, and then lastly, as far as books are concerned, what, in your opinion, makes a book great? Well, and I, what I'm going to go back to, because I read all over the place. I read nonfiction, fiction. I like literary fiction. I like mysteries. So, But I think, and what I've observed is, it's the right book at the right time. So, for example, I've had books that I've tried reading and they haven't captured my interest. And then I'll pick them up a year or so later and I can't put it down. So, and there's there's a book for everybody out there. You just have to find the right book at the right time. Yeah, that is, that's a really good answer. <laughs> um, I should have expected that from a librarian, but it surprised me. That's very good. Um, all right. So one of the, the way I usually end this podcast is I go over questions uh, because the main focus of this podcast is kind of the Camano, Stanwood area, um, and, and beyond eventually. But right now, um, so I like to ask questions specific to Camano and um, kind of your experience because you, like myself, actually commute to the island uh, instead of living on it. Um, so anyways, I'm going to jump into these. So uh, do you have a secret location on Kameno that you like to go and hang out? Um, yes. And, and I wonder if I should reveal it here. Uh, but I love, and I, I'll often go on my lunch hour to Barnum Point and uh, walk a big loop at Barnum Point, which is just a beautiful, spectacular park that has uh, a beach there, well, a couple beaches. And then there's also a bluff trail and old established orchards there. It's just, it's a lovely place. Yeah, I've heard that multiple times now. And for some reason, I still have not gone down there. So um, I've been, although I hear there's a bluff, so I'm like... I'll maybe wait to take the kids, but I need to get my wife out there and go do a walk. Yes, so. yes. It's fabulous. Um, all right. So then pretend you have a, a friend coming into town uh, and they want to visit Camano Island and it's the first time there. What would their first day look like here? Um, well, we would probably stop by um, Camano Coffee and get a coffee and probably some sort of pastry to start the day. And then uh, go down to, and, and actually, I mean, I've done this, uh, go down to Camano uh, State Park, and there's, a, you know, beautiful hikes there as well. Uh, swing by uh, a few art galleries along the way, uh, and Carla Matsky's fabulous sculpture garden, uh, and then lunch later on somewhere. Uh, that, that's probably a fun day here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, it's a lot of fun when people come to the island because I think uh, we just had uh, my sister-in-law from Germany visiting. And so we got to take her to, um, to the beach and let her go out on the kayak. And mm -hmm. she grew up in, um, oh, wow, now I'm going to forget. Um, but she grew up kayaking yes. and uh, she hasn't been kayaking in like 15 years. And she's like, wow, it's like amazing to redo this. And 
Um, so it was, it's neat. It's neat. Uh, this is the first year that I've really got to like go out and do kayaking. Um, so it's, it's fun to be able to go out there and yeah, just kind of explore. Well, also something that I do with friends from out of town is we come down and we'll, uh, spend a night or two at Kama State Park and that, they have those little, uh, resort cabins there. It is so much fun. Yeah. No, yeah. those, that's really neat what they've done down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt like it happened so quickly. Like they were in construction and then done and then they were booked. <laughs> so, all right. Um, who is the most interesting person in this community that you think I should interview next? Uh, well, and that is a very tough question because this community is filled with interesting people. Uh, but I, right now, working in part of the commons, having the library centered in the common, I, I'm interested in learning more about our business neighbors here and kind of the story behind them. So I know we have Orlando's Barbecue. I'd be curious to hear more about what their story is. And there's a new restaurant moving in downstairs. Uh, and then also, I understand there's going to be changes in movement arts Um ownership and what this you know learning more about the owners yeah no i think i that's definitely a focus to be able to interview and bring in um the people that are in the local in the commons and and talk with them as well so um all right and then lastly if you could have a message on a billboard on kameno uh right as they're driving on the island what would you have that say um, I would, I think I would have it say the library has something for everyone. Please stop by. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I, I grew up, I would go to the library every once in a while. Um, but it wasn't like a regular thing. Whereas my wife grew up like, like they weekly would go to the library and they lived in Cedar Woolley. So the nearest one for them was Burlington. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was you know, a much smaller library back then. They just renovated it, but it was really small. But they would like do a weekly trip, go down, get their max number of books, go back out to their house, you know, homeschooled and stuff like that. And so they would go through their books and read them. And, you know, the next week they would come and do it again. And so um, I really learned a lot more about libraries and their importance from talking to my wife, who, you know, that was a core essential part of her education growing up. Absolutely. For many, many young children and, and teenagers as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then real quick, I did want to see, um, do you, does, what does Snow Isle have going on over the next year that, that we can look forward to? Um, well, they will be having another t- uh, TEDx uh, talk. Uh, so that, that is coming up in 2020. And then um, in October, as part of Island County, it's uh, Civility First uh, Month, where it's uh, celebrating civility, and there'll be a number of programs there. And of course, we always have our core story times going on because we want to promote that early literacy. And when when are those? When are the story times? So uh, for our on the island here, uh, we have baby and family story time on Wednesdays, and those will be starting up in. Um, mid-September, and then we have a preschool story time on Thursday. All right. And they can, where's, where's the best way for them to find all this information? Uh, well, Snow Isle has a website, uh, so you can go in there and we have all of our events posted there. We also have monthly calendars of the programs in this area, and folks can pick those up at the library. Okay, very cool. Um, well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me today. 
Well, on, thank uh, you. Voice. I enjoyed it very much. I learned more about you as well, <laughs> which I appreciated. Yeah. No, it's been fun. So, yeah. Well, I will talk to you Islanders next time. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. A big thank you to Leslie Moore for joining us on the Camino Voice. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to know any more information on this episode or past episodes, go to KamenoCommons.com slash podcast. That's KamenoCommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.